Charlotte Sports Live. Right now on Charlotte Sports Live, LaMelo Ball gets the bag, agreeing to the largest contract in Charlotte Hornets franchise history. Money, 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 money. Money! There you go. It won't be official, though, until players can sign contracts starting July 6th, but the deal has been made according to multiple reports. And with that and our singing, we welcome you inside Charlotte Sports Live. He's Mike Cassette. I'm Gabe McDonald. Thanks for joining us on this wonderful Saturday night. And Mike, it's a great day to be a Hornet, my friend. Yeah, and a great weekend to be a sports fan here in Charlotte. We have a massive Gold Cup match featured right here in the Queen City tomorrow, but the story is Buzz City. Mello locking in his spot as a franchise cornerstone with the max rookie extension valued at $203 million over five years. That number reportedly jumps to $260 million if Ball meets certain incentives like making an all-star team. At playing three years, Charlotte 6'7 guard was set to become a restricted free agent after next season. So getting a deal done now eliminates having to do that. So is ball worth the payday? That's what everyone's talking about right now. Let's look back at the All-Stars time here in the QC. Based on his basketball-heavy upbringing, LaMelo Ball had plenty of confidence when he joined the Hornets after the team took him with a third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft. I mean, I've been all over the world. All the spots I went to, I feel like I went there and learned something, so I feel like it helped a lot. Ball was just 18 entering his first year in the league, but you wouldn't have known it based on how he played. Leaves it for Cody. Beautiful dime. He averaged 15 points a game, and after helping Charlotte to the first of two straight playing games, he was named the Rookie of the Year. LaMelo, what a pass by Spriggis! It's probably something I'm never going to forget. So, yeah, definitely was a nice big moment. Well, he took a fall here in the second quarter. But Melo's first season in the NBA also saw him experience the first of a pair of significant injuries that have placed his durability in question. That season, a fractured wrist kept him out of the lineup for 21 games. Two years later, injuries to both ankles including a fracture to his right one, would force him out of action for 46 games. Pretty much just take it as learning lessons. Can't really get too down on yourself. That's the right attitude, because when Melo plays healthy and with confidence, he is tough to stop. Look at a swift move across. Oh. In 2022, he made his first NBA All-Star game. And while he didn't make it back this past year, he did post career numbers with 23 points and eight assists. Pretty much we just all locking in, you know, bringing a lot of energy. It was pretty much just fun out there playing basketball, like I said. But there is something glaring missing from Melo's resume. He has never made the playoffs. He knows he has plenty of doubters, and he understands the only way to shut them down is to finally do it. I mean, they've been talking about it since I've been here, since definitely a lot since Cliff got here. I'm pretty much just focused on making it. Time is now on his side, as he's got another five years here in the Queen City to make it happen. We're still waiting to find out if the Hornets and Miles Bridges, meanwhile, will make a deal. But for now, Bridges is happy for his teammate and close friend, LaMelo Ball, showing the love on social media today. As you see, there's a good chance the Hornets are waiting to see what offers Bridges receives from other teams. Remember, Charlotte can match any other offer for him because he is a restricted free agent, but we do know LaMelo Ball is here for the long term. We'll talk about Bridges in just a little bit, but yeah. first, about this LaMelo deal, what are your thoughts? No, you had to get it done because, I mean, you're looking at this roster now. You gotta, you need a cornerstone piece because you don't really have that, and obviously we've had arguments on if he's a legit number one and number two. However, disregard how people may feel, you got to have him back here. 
a whole lot of money, but I think he's a guy that I think he's going to stay healthy. I feel like this offseason is big for him because that's the thing that we need to see. Hopefully he can stay healthy and live up to that and get all of his money and earn it. His rep representation had to know that they had the edge in this situation. <laughs> Charlotte had to make this move. They did. There really was no other choice. Did they overpay him? Probably, but if yeah. you look at the market in the NBA, everybody is overpaid. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Health, as we just talked sure. about there, a concern. If he is missing games like he missed last year and if that continues to be a trend, this has the potential yeah. to be the worst Worse. deal in franchise history. A lot of ifs there, but the fact of the matter is this, he's had health problems in the past. Yeah, true, and I think that's one thing that we always look at, too, but I think at the end of the day, you you can't just let him walk. You can, and you don't want to get to next year where you're going to have a lot of teams making those offers and they could possibly, you know, possibly have the chance to match them. So I think it's obviously the deal had to get done. You got to be able to build around him. And now hopefully we can start seeing more dominoes to fall as we move forward in free agency because the Hornets have been rather quiet other than this today. At least we got something. I mean, yeah. after yesterday where we got absolutely nothing. Yeah. For the sake of this show, at least we got something to <laughs> exactly. talk about right now. Exactly. While Charlotte, they're keeping their starting guard. They are losing one of their backups. The athletic reporting, Dennis Smith Jr., is heading to the Nets. Apparently, Brooklyn had the 25-year-old in their sights all along as they're set to sign him to a one-year deal. Now, Smith only spent a year with Charlotte, but it was a good one. After a couple of down seasons, the 6'2 veteran guard resurrected his career, averaging eight points last year with one and a half steals per game. Meanwhile, USA Today reporting the team is also making an effort to bolster their front court. Talks continue to bring back restricted free agent P.J. Washington, and they're now zeroing in on Boston's Grant Williams. The 6'6 power forward just wrapped up his fourth year with the Celtics. He averaged eight points last year with almost five boards per game. And here's a fun fact for you. Williams actually went to high school at nearby Providence Day, where he scored 15 points per game in his senior year with the team. So you're looking at these two guys. I think still there's some... There are some missed opportunities, I think, other guys that going back to certain teams. We've talked about Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. I still think a solid 3 and D guy yeah. is what this team needs as maybe one of those missing pieces that could help them get in the right direction. I am interested in, in the height of, of Williams. He's like a throwback yeah. to Charles Barkley, yeah. who was listed, I think, at 6'6", six, six, only 6'4". Right. Not really bringing size, but yeah. you look at that highlight video, he is a guy that just uses his, 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 his bulk yeah. and mass to get down low. The big thing, though, I mean, what are they doing with, with Miles Bridges? Obviously, he's been active on social media. It seems like he's connected to what's going on in the team, but... There's a part of me that's getting a little nervous at this point, Gabe, that we have not yeah. seen an announcement True. that that Miles is coming back. And we've seen reports, too, uh, actually coming out yesterday that his representation and he are asking, actually going to try to ask the Hornets to rescind the qualifying offer and make him an unrestricted free agent, which that could obviously, you know, shake up some things as well. But I thought that would have been the first move that we saw yeah. before LaMelo Ball, and the fact that we haven't I mean, is, you, you know. they've had a, a you know, it's ever since the suspension yeah. was announced, this is something that, like, hey, you know. That's what they were waiting for. They were waiting for the NBA to come down. Get yeah. their pieces in a row here to figure yeah. out how to make this happen. The fact that it has not happened, it, it, it makes me a little nervous. We, yeah. we saw last year True. this team did not have bridges. And we saw the result. Yep. So, And then, too, I mean, just only a couple days in. Hopefully we'll see something. But at the moment, rather quiet. Well, not to be outdone by the Hornets, the Hurricanes also completed several deals this afternoon. They're bringing back two of their goalkeepers, as well as adding the best defenseman on the market. And that's who we'll talk about first. Dimitri Olaf. Well.
comes to the team after splitting time last year between Boston and Washington. The 31-year-old is reportedly getting a two-year contract worth $7.5 million. Meanwhile, the Canes resigned Frederick Anderson to a two-year deal worth $6.8 million. The 33-year-old went 21-11-1 this past season in Carolina. He split time with Antti Ranta, who's also sticking around for one more year as he signed a $1.5 billion, million, not billion, million-dollar deal. Ranta went 19-3-3 this past season and is happy to be back in Raleigh. Obviously, you know, being part of this team for two years now and, and seeing how close we we got this year, uh, that's something what do you what do you hope to be a part of? Obviously, I felt good this year. Uh, you know, I think I played pretty well, but uh, there's still there's still something what I feel like I can be I can be better. Well, the Canes front office had a busy weekend also coming to terms with Swedish winger Jesper Faust on a two-year contract extension worth $4.8 million. The deal also includes a no-trade clause. Faust tallied 28 points last season for Carolina and added nine more points in 15 games during the playoffs. A new era is underway for Charlotte 49ers Athletics. We'll tell you what milestone they hit today and why it is important. Plus, we've talked a lot about the Hornets tonight, but we aren't done. Nope. Number two overall pick Brandon Miller also making headlines today as he prepares for his first summer league action. And as we celebrate our nation's birthday next week, we are also cheering on Team USA right here in Charlotte. A final preview of tomorrow's Gold Cup match at the bank featuring the U.S. men's national team. Yes, sir. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be right back in two minutes. Goodbye Conference USA and Hello American. The Charlotte 49ers officially joined the American Athletic Conference today. Their tenure actually started when the clock struck midnight earlier this morning. Charlotte leaves Conference USA, which it has been a member of since 2013, racking up 28 regular season and tournament titles across all sports. Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA are also making the move today from CUSA to the American. And Mike, we just have one more sleep until we see history here in the Queen City. Yeah, I'm excited about this. The U.S. men's national team are going to hit the pitch at the bank tomorrow for the first time ever as they'll take on Trinidad and Tobago tomorrow night. It's the third match in group stage for the Stars and Stripes in this year's CONCACAF Gold Cup. The U.S. Uh, of a one-and-one one win and a draw so far in group play. They tie with Jamaica and beat St. Kitts and Nevis. Well, it's going to be an interesting time for soccer fans from all across the Carolinas. It'll be a special homecoming for one player who hails from the Tar Heel State. I came to a game uh, last summer in the, in the offseason and the, the atmosphere especially. You know, the, the fans are, are insane. The, the stadium is sick. Everything is, is really nice, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing it for the first time. And, uh, you know, I went to a lot of Panthers games also, so I'm, I'm used to coming to the stadium a lot. And uh, to actually play in it this time and hopefully have a, a sold-out crowd just like uh, the Charlotte FC games. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about it, and, and hopefully we can, we can do well for them. Oh boy, less than 24 hours away now. The action at BOA gets going tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. You can watch it right here on Fox Charlotte. 
All right, let's talk more Hornets. In the midst of the free agency frenzy, there was other business to attend to at the Spectrum Center. Charlotte officially signed number two overall pick Brandon Miller to his rookie contract. Terms of the deal were not disclosed. However, Summer League minicamp did continue today. The Hornets have a roster of 19 going through practices this weekend before opening, opening Summer League play coming up next week. Of course, all eyes are on this year's first round picks, Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. Both guys actually feel right at home here in Charlotte and say they're already adjusting well to the pro game. Definitely a new family, you know, they, everybody here treats me like a younger brother. Like, you know, I'm not the youngest here, but I'm one of the, the, the rookies, you know. Um, so just being here and everybody treating me like family, I think it's a, another home away from home. I feel like the coaches has been, you know, patient with us, especially, you know, we made a couple mistakes. So um, I feel like um, as we know, as time goes on, as time progresses, I feel like we will progress, you know, as, you know, um, as a player and, you know, just make, you know, better decisions and uh, make uh, better, better ease. Summer League action for the Hornets just two nights away. Charlotte faces the Spurs in the California Classic Monday night at 8 p.m. Cup drivers take to the streets of downtown Chicago for the first time. Here they think of the street course ahead of tomorrow's green flag. And we got to test the track ourselves last month with one of the kings of road racing. Carla Gebhardt and A.J. Allmendinger go for a ride next on Charlotte Sports Live. Queen City Pro-Am rolled on this evening. Five total games today at the Curry Court at the Carroll Hefner Center in Uptown. We've seen former Hornet Montrez hero and two-time NBA champ Mario Chalmers hit the floor. Tonight, it was one of our very own, look at my man, North Mac star and Duke commit Isaiah Evans. Playing tonight was a bit of a spur-of-the-moment decision for Evans, but he feels the importance in taking part in events like this in order to grow basketball in the Charlotte community. It means a lot. You know, it means a lot. Just because I know I'm, I got a short time here left, so I want to get back as much as possible. I didn't really plan on playing when I came, but, you know, when you're a hooper, you just can't resist. So I think it's important just because I think it's a narrative that guys, when they blow up, they don't really like to stay in the city long or not really make an appearance. So I think it's important. Today's games wrap up the second full week of the 2023 QC Pro-Am season. The games run each Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday until August 5th. All right, to Chicago we go. We are less than 24 hours away from the Cup Series' first ever street race. Qualifying was today in downtown Chicago as drivers get to test the track for the first time. And it was Danny Hamlin who seemed to figure it out. He won the Bush Light Pole with the fastest time in the second round of qualifying. So far, the reviews of the course are very positive. Just amazing. I mean, I. The course is actually very, very good and raceable. I mean, I think there's going to be a ton of passing, zone, passing zones. I was a skeptic. I really was. I just thought too narrow. I mean, who knows how it races, but I just feel like uh, the town is welcoming to us. Everyone we've seen walking down the streets is excited to come to the race and um, you know, glad to be here. That said, how is this going to work? Drivers are going to get their first taste of the turns today in qualifying. Yeah, Colleg Gebhardt got to drive it last month with one of the sports kings of road courses, Colleg Racing's A.J. Allmendinger. All right, so we're here with A.J. Allmendinger, Cup Series driver for the Chicago Street Course. And A.J., we are in literal rush hour right now as we drive through the street course. It's going to be a little bit different view for you uh, the first weekend in July, but uh, this is pretty special to at least know the, the, the route of this. I'm hoping less cars in front of me, quite honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of cars <laughs> and a lot of traffic in front of me. Uh, so less cars, but, yeah, just to be able to be in downtown Chicago at the street race, the inaugural event, 
such a historical city, historical sporting just background of, of what Chicago is. So to be able to have a street course race here in Chicago and be at the first one is it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, and your viewpoint is going to be a lot different. Going to be a lot, obviously, a little bit lower in your vehicle, strapped up a lot more safely than you are right now. When you look at the map and you've got the map pulled up up on your phone, what's maybe something that kind of really stands out to you about this course? Well, yeah, we just went down the the long back straightaway. We're going to be carrying a lot of speed, and uh, as we turn into to basically turn four and turn five sections, track really narrows up. So I think that stands out right away is the fact that you know we're at times, this racetrack can be very wide, but it also narrows up very quick. So as race car drivers, our eyes get very big, especially when we're trying to make a pass. Like, look at all this room we got. Right. So much room for activities. And then uh, <laughs> next thing you know, you get down in the corner and it's super narrow. So that's going to be the biggest thing. And But that's what street course racing is, is when you get down into a corner like that and with concrete walls up, you know, you make a small mistake. You get in just a little bit too deep. Uh, you're going to pay a big price for it. Let's look at the map again. Where are we in the grand scheme of things on this course right now? So if I if I if I got it right, and our <laughs> our great driver Julie can let me know, I think we're going to turn 11 right now. And so yeah. yeah. So what's going to be real fun about this corner is we're rolling into the restart zone as well. So as we go up, go up over this rise to get ready for the last turn, which is turn 12, this is also going to be the restart zone. So we're going to be firing off too wide into turn 12, going down this long front straightaway. Uh, and as we make the corner, the checker so gonna we're going to be halfway down. But what the thing is, is this looks very wide right now, which is great. Right. But this is also the pit lane as well. Uh, so okay, this isn't going to be that wide. Uh, and we're going to go down the front straightaway in the start finish line. But yeah, it's as we just felt there's a lot of challenges on this racetrack that are demanding you to make mistakes. So of course, I mean, this is obviously going to be a first for the sport. I've been very excited to watch this because I think the big thing that I'm looking forward to is just seeing all the fans that come out because I think this is an opportunity to get a lot more people engaged in the sport, which is what the NASCAR really needs right now. I'm excited about the visuals. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, I used to play this game called cruising USA and <laughs> the tracks were basically different cities. I mean, you were going through San Francisco, yeah. you're going through Washington, DC. And, and it was just, it was just cool. I was just looking at the video a moment ago. Yeah. And at one point during the game, you're, you're, you're sort of coming up a hill and then you see the U S Capitol. Yeah. And here you, you saw some of those shots right there. You're, you're going down the street. You can see the big skyscrapers. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I want to see how the drivers react to it. True. I mean, Denny Hamlin sort of alluded to it a moment ago where it's like, I don't know how wide we can get. So, yeah. That begs the question, are guys going to be extra risk takers? Especially with some of those pass? turns where yeah. it goes, you know, from very narrow to very wide. I mean, obviously these are professionals going at very high. Now, probably won't be able to go at the highest speed yeah. in Chicago, but I think that's going to be the thing is just how wide they can get and just how much it's going to change turn to turn. For I, sure. just, I just hope they can do it because yeah. obviously weather was a problem today, yeah. as we'll see. Uh, so I just hope they can get the yeah, race. Hopefully they can get it in for sure. And we did finally get to see some street racing in downtown Chicago earlier this afternoon. Unfortunately, like we just alluded to, the Xfinity race was called at lap 25, just shy of halfway through because of lightning and rain. It'll resume tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. We resume CSL with our QC crowns coming up next.
Back here on CSL, and we know we got to send you to bed the best way how with our QC crowns. Mike, you're up first. Who you got? Oh, this might be a first time for you. A repeat crown. It's going out <laughs> to the Braves, who once again dominated the Marlins today, this time winning 7 0. Atlanta scored six of their runs in the first. They've now won seven in a row and get this 23 of their last 27 games. They are just rolling yep. right now. I mean, it was similar to how the Raves got off to their hot start. The Braves absolutely killing it. We actually stay with baseball for my crown. Got to give a shout out to tonight's outfielder, Oscar Colas, who was on an absolute tear over the last week. Tonight, he hit another home run in the night's 3-2 win over the Norfolk Tides. It's his seventh time going yard in the last six games. Somebody get that man to the White Sox ASAP. On the season, he's hitting 298 with nine homers. And tonight, actually marked the night's first win in the second half of the season. So big shout out to him. Obviously killing it. Good on the night, so I'm getting that done. And a shout out to our podcast listeners. Yes, Remember, sir. No video tonight. I'm all in black with Jordan. Gabe's got the teal here. The man of teal. That's how we do it. Gold Cup coming up tomorrow. For Mike, I'm Gabe. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Have a good night, everybody.